0: Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at Woodhill Community Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit Toyota on Nicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington Home of the best-selling Lexus IS Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com Featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith not just a profile picture For the past 20 years faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love.
1: Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter— Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the
2: Rebuilt Podcast. I'm Kelly Lippenholtz, your host, and I'm joined by Tom Corcoran today. Today, we're going to be talking about um, one of our core strategies as a church. Uh, in our last podcast, we went over three core strategies. Uh, focus on the unchurched, create a great weekend experience, and challenge church people with a clear discipleship path. Those are our three core strategies. And today we want to focus on that first one, the unchurched people. How do we focus our strategies, our weekend on the unchurched people? Hi, so, Tom.
3: Hey, Kelly. <laughs> hey, Kelly. So focus on focusing. Focus on, on focusing. <laughs> on people. Yes. And again, church is simple, but it ain't easy. It's
2: not easy. Yeah.
3: Hit them where they ain't. Ain't any word. Anyway, <laughs> that's, church is simple, but not easy. So, yeah, focusing on unchurched people, just talking about why this matters.
2: Yeah. Why do we need to do that?
3: Well, I mean, it sounds obvious, but it aligns us with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Yep. For a church... <laughs> that's what he did. That's what he did. Um, you know, one of my favorite verses is Luke, you know, 1910, uh, after, you know, Jesus is in Jericho, and he's walking through the town, and there's a guy up in the tree. Oh,
2: um, this is one of my favorites. You know,
3: there's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He's totally run after all the wrong things in his life. You mm-hmm. know, if you're a tax collector, you're an outcast. You know, the, the Gospels even say tax collectors and sinners. The sinners didn't want yeah, right. to associate with tax collectors. Uh, but there's Zacchaeus, and, you know, Jesus goes to his house and has dinner, and Zacchaeus has a change of heart. He gives away half his money, promises to, to pay back everyone he's defrauded. And Jesus says, you know, today's salvation has come to this house, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So that's what Jesus is about, so...
2: There it is.
3: Um, You know, he says it's it's not the righteous that need that, you know, that need a doctor. It's not Mm -hmm. It's not the healthy need a doctor, but the unhealthy. Um, He came to call sinners, not the righteous. So
2: how do we miss that over (laughs) and over and over again? I mean, we really do need to be reminded of it all the time. And those are my favorite stories of Jesus. They're everybody's favorite stories of Jesus. Right. But we don't do it. We don't go do it.
3: Yeah. I mean, why does that? I don't know. That's a great question. I, I guess because we forget we need a savior. We forget that yeah. we were lost or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've grown up in church my whole life, so I don't really know what it's like to be lost. I guess I have a couple of times where I doubted my faith and struggled, but I never, right. I, I, you know, I, I've never, I don't, I don't have that. I wasn't a drug addict and found Jesus or, right. you know.
2: Sometimes we, this is like a total... Side note here, but sometimes are you a little bit jealous of people that have that experience? Because I am. Like, are you really? Well, a little bit. No, I'm not. No? I'm not not of like the destitute alcoholic, <laughs> right? But of of the person who gets to choose Jesus. I mean, I yeah. know at one point in my life I chose him. I chose to follow him. But right. you know, I was raised Catholic, and I, I never chose my faith. And I just think that's extraordinary. When somebody actually gets to choose and those are the people we, those, we want to reach out to those people. Right,
3: right. Yeah. It's it's an interesting point of view. I mean, I think everyone, yeah, you'd like to have a cooler testimony, so to speak. Well,
2: no, I don't know. I just feel like my faith would be stronger if I, I don't know.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I think somewhat though, ours might not be as obvious, but we have to come back and we'll, we'll talk about this in a few more minutes, but come back to what is our story and our need for Jesus and recognizing that personally. So. Um,
2: so why else does this matter? This reaching out to the unchurched.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, just continuing along the lines of aligning with Jesus, is mm-hmm. Jesus said, He came to make disciples of all nations. So when Jesus gave the great commission, He said, "Go therefore and make disciples." He could have just stop there, and the, the apostles come like, "All right, I'll make disciples of my friends. I'll sure. make disciples of you know my family. My family that's yeah. in it. That's good enough." And then no, He mm-hmm. said, "No, all nations. You can't stop until every single person is a is a follower, Jesus follower." So. Again, um, and then we see it played out in the life of Jesus. He challenged insiders and comforted outsiders. And the church, it's often the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. We challenge the outsiders. You guys got to become just like us. Right. And we coddle and comfort insiders. And it's not easy to be
2: like us, but you have to be like us. Yeah. Yep.
3: (laughs) Um, So it's our mission. I mean, that's why why this matters. Um, and, And we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, but it invigorates the church. Um, it gives people a greater sense of purpose, you know, to find your life, you have to lose it. And so if church is all about me, then you will lose, it will not have any meaning to you. But mm-hmm. when we make it about reaching people who are not currently there, it brings bigger, it brings life, it brings energy. Yeah. Uh, and I can't explain it I other know, than that. I know, it's
2: so interesting. It just is, but it's real. We've, we felt it. We feel it every weekend. It's right. why I wanted to be here. It's that... You know, I guess we'll probably get to this in a little bit, but it's when I walked in here, which we hear from a lot of people, they just feel good. You know, they don't understand the mass. They don't, maybe they're not a praying person. They don't understand the sacrament, but they just feel good Mm -hmm. being here. And it's that energy, that vigor that our ministers feel that the people here feel that and people want a part of that. Everybody wants to feel invigorated
3: right and it goes back. i mean i think it goes back to again it's it's the opposite it's the paradoxical nature of the gospel that to find your life you have to lose it Mm -hmm. and to find real life in christ you have to not exist for just the people in the pews you have to exist for the people not coming yeah Uh, we have this quote from john paul ii in our book for missionary activity and that's what it really means we're on we're on the mission of making disciples for missionary activity renews the church Revitalizes faith and Christian identity, and offers fresh enthusiasm and new incentive. Faith is strengthened when it's given to others. It is in commitment to the church's universal mission that the new evangelization of Christian peoples will find inspiration and support. So there you go. Wow,
2: that's, that's what good. Pope
3: Saint John. I don't know what to say anymore. It was Pope John Paul II. He's now. now he was Blessed John Paul. Now it's yeah. Saint John Paul II. I think is what you're supposed to say that, but okay. I struggle with that. <laughs> Anyway, and, and, and I think leading to that, it makes us better communicators of the gospel. When I have to explain something from the basics, going back to what we said last time, yeah, it refocuses me on the fundamentals of our faith. And, um, you know, if, if we can start touch, talking church speak, if you and I are talking, because we're, but when I got to explain to somebody who's not a follower of Christ or doesn't necessarily get it, it forces me yes. to think through what the principles of the gospel are.
2: Right. 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 And so we keep coming back to those basics and it just makes us, we understand the gospel better, which makes us better communicators of the gospel.
3: Yeah. Chris Tephanik said something at our conference last time. And I, I need to go back and listen to it again. Oh, me too. Um, he said something about fundamentals does not mean like you build it and you move on but you keep mm. coming back to it and he had a great quote about that and I have to but mm. I I love that about again fundamentals are not right. just things okay they're elementary and therefore right. you're we not a real
2: we you, don't need to think about them anymore we're not going to come back to them they were fundamental we're we're past that we're right. smarter yeah no we need to keep constantly com- revisit
3: yeah you know this is a football <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> from Marty. here's how you tie your shoes john wood I, I just yeah. i don't know so anyway I think that reinvigorates our faith when we have to keep coming back and explain it to people who don't necessarily believe as we believe. So that's okay. one part. Um, right. And then we, we just talked about here about the, you know, the, the church culture. Again, we said last week, we don't, or last podcast, we don't want evangelization to be a program right. in our churches. We just
2: want it to be part of the culture.
3: We're creating a culture. Um, and again, it doesn't matter what you do if the culture doesn't promote it.
2: Right. If you say you have a nice hospitality team, but they lock the doors when math <laughs> starts and they don't smile, then your culture isn't promoting your hospitality.
3: So here's how we define culture in our, our book. It's Culture is the potent brew of knowledge, belief, and behavior, which everyone in an organization uniquely shares, and it can be, and be the most powerful force in an organization. Okay. So it's the potent brew of knowledge, belief, and behavior, which everyone in an organization uniquely mm. shares. Um, so if, and I, you know, everyone's probably a little bit of an exaggeration there. Cause not everybody, you you have people, but the large majority of people share, you know, that's why you got to create a culture in which everybody shares a belief that we want to reach the person not coming to church. Right. Otherwise, when the unchurched person comes in, they're going to feel it and they're going to know it right away. Right. They're going to feel, you know, you said there's gonna be a vibe one way or the yep, other. Yep. You want the vibe to be that everyone's glad we're glad you're here. Yeah. Um,
2: and it can't be faked. <laughs> <laughs> can't no, and that's that. the
3: hard part of this. This is where it's simple but not easy because yeah. you can't that means you this isn't a checklist, you know, you check it off a list and it's done. Right? right? This is yep. you got to be focused on this. You got to focus on outsiders and keep constantly looking at what you're doing and saying and how it feels, how it looks from the perspective of somebody who right. is an outsider and not an insider.
2: Right, which means you have to spend a lot of time communicating it to your staff and your volunteers and the people in the pews.
3: Yeah. And it gets easier, but yeah. especially at first, right. That's real hard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because it's new. It's new. And people, Different. the natural pull is people think, well, we're the church people. It should yeah. be about us.
2: Yeah. What about us? Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Let's take a quick break, Tom, and we will come back on the other side of the break. We'll continue to talk about how to focus on the unchurched in your community.
1: The Rebuilt Field Guide will lead you and your leadership team through assessment and goal-setting exercises that will help you revitalize your church. The workbook offers practical steps that will bring your team together so that you can affect change in your parish. If you know your parish needs to change or want to introduce the principles of Rebuild, but you don't know where to start, the Rebuild Field Guide is the perfect resource. You can order the Field Guide from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Ave Maria Press. Welcome back to the Rebuilt
2: Podcast. Today, Tom and I are talking about how to focus on the unchurched people in your parish. So, Tom, let's. We just talked about church culture and how um, we have to promote a certain culture and we don't want to promote a program. We're, we're promoting more of a culture and we have to communicate that. So, what's next in in focusing on the unchurched? How else can we do that? We know we have to create uh, a certain culture.
3: Well, and so look at uh, how do we create that culture? And okay. the first way is we have to make it personal. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last podcast, but it's got to start with yourself. Uh, and I think the way we make it personal, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, is we got to remember why Je- we need Jesus personally. Right. So, we don't, you don't have the incredible testimony of being drug addicted, right. living in the. You know, right. on the street or mm-hmm. whatever, but we all need Jesus and we all need to be freshly reminded about why we need him personally. Mm-hmm. The the great saints did not, you know, they knew they needed Jesus. They knew they needed a relationship with him. Yeah. So I, I think, again, sometimes I think we, th- with other people who aren't connected to the church, like, well, they're doing all right. You know, especially yeah, if you're in simonium, sure. those, their lives yeah. seem okay. They yeah. got, they, they got don't a nice need a home. savior. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, we, they, we I've don't heard think that. Need, yeah. Yeah. And, and in our culture where there's, you know, not necessarily belief in hell or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just, we don't, we don't need Jesus. We forget, but we need to remember they need Jesus and we need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. It's, I mean, it's that simple, but it's gotta be a personal about, we understand how Jesus has made a difference in our lives. Whether we were the drug addict living on the street or Or a suburban house mom with two kids.
2: Right. Whose life has been pretty good. Still need Jesus. But I do need to remind myself of that.
3: Uh, Another way we have to make it personal is to purify our hearts of our anger and jealousy of unchurched people sometimes.
2: What do you mean? (laughs) I'm not angry at unchurched people, am I?
3: You're not? Well, maybe you're not. sure you're, you're going to tell me how I am. No, I don't know that you are. <laughs> I think, but that's in the church a lot. You yeah. know, people get mad oh, at their yeah, kids yeah, for not yeah. going to church. Right. Why aren't you going to church? I got to go. Right. I got to go. You know, we look at it more like the older brother, right? Mm-hmm. In the power of the probable right, son. Right,
2: right, right, right. All
3: this time, I have served you. Meanwhile, your younger son of his he goes off, spends all his money on harlots, I and did. you throw him a big, big party. Big party, yeah. You know, we're, and sometimes, you know, what the older brother didn't understand that the relationship he already had with the father didn't understand that all that the father had was his. Mm-hmm. And so, but people in the church think of it as an obligation, uh, as a duty. And we're thinking of it, we're all wrong. We need to think about it again as a blessing and all that the right. father has is ours. And so, but and we the, get and that we
2: would want that for other people, for other, for other people. Yeah.
3: And so, but a lot of times, again, we look at it as well. I got to fulfill all these laws. I got to do all these rules. Mm. And they don't, and they get away with it. And so I'm pissed off that Brave. they get away with.
2: And how is their life still good? Yeah,
3: that's right. And, <laughs> and secretly, I wish I could do all the things right. they're doing. Right, you right. Know, right, right. I wish I could get away with all they get away with. And I feel burdened by the responsibilities I have as a Christian. Mm. And mm-hmm. so okay, that's all there. Or I'm just, you know, people mad at their kids for not going. Or, or what? Again, we get angry and we blame them. The other part is we blame people for not going to church. It's your fault. Hmm. Uh, I love what Annie Stanley says. When we blame people for not going to church, we have abdicated leadership. When we blame others, you abdicate your role as a leader. You abdicate hmm. um, your role as a leader.
2: Right. It's our it responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: Um, and then I think just to have a heart for people, again, who don't know Christ, that we have specific people we're praying for. And I think this is the hardest one. I know I struggle with this all the time. That. I live in church world. Yeah, so Every, you don't
2: know a whole lot of people. I don't know yeah. a lot.
3: I'm not the most outgoing person, as you know, so it's not like...
2: I could give you a couple people to pray for <laughs> See, if you want.
3: And you're much better at this than I am, right? I mean, well, you're... it's just
2: the world I live in, probably. I mean, I just live in a neighborhood that's really social, and I know a lot of people that you know don't want to be going to church or want to be going to church but don't really know how they fit, And and so I do have a lot of opportunities to to talk to people and to invite people and to be praying for people that don't know Christ, even people that are coming, um, but, or even don't come know to church with Christ. Still yeah. don't know Christ. Right. right. Right.
3: Uh, so, you know, build, build relationships and have specific people you're praying for. That's, that's yep. a huge part of this. Yeah. So make it personal.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, great.
3: And then second, we the next one to build a culture is to find the unchurched person in your community.
2: This is a fun one. I think this one's fun.
3: Okay, go ahead. Say some more about it. Then. Well,
2: I, well, our our guy, our unchurched guy, is Timonium Tim and his family. Right? He has a wife. He has a couple kids. Um, I think maybe this one's fun for me because I know so many Timonium Tims and felt like maybe I was a Timonium Tim family at one point, even though I was raised Catholic. But our Timonium Tim is um, he's busy. He's overscheduled. His family's very busy. Um, he has a couple of kids, and most often, I think. Timonium Tim comes back to church when his oldest kid is in second grade. Cause that's when I came back. Um, and he's wondering, Oh, are we going to do the Catholic thing? You know, are I, it's time for First Communion. If I miss second grade, yeah. then I, my kid has to do First Communion in some other way. This is the easiest time to come back to church. We're coming back.
3: Yeah, the sacrament stuff. I mean, I had someone who reached out to me and was like, isn't there a sacrament? that was their son for confirmation, but isn't a sacrament coming up? You know, it's like <laughs> that re-engages them. So. Right.
2: Yeah. And we'll take that opportunity, right, um, and hopefully be able to re-engage them. So, so, but Timonium Tim isn't, you know, that's Timonium. That's Timonium, Maryland. That's Baltimore, right. Maryland. It's not everywhere. So... You have to um, define who your unchurched person is,
3: right? And yeah, and, and talking to different places, I hear again the different environments. So and for us, we're in a very Catholic environment. You mm-hmm. know, this is a Catholic area of the world. So yeah. our unchurched person is Catholic. In other places, it might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember being in Portland, Oregon, and then saying like, you know. Obviously, it's very kind of very granola. Yeah. It's very, you know, they're they're out hiking. And what, what are they doing on Sunday besides going to church? They're hiking. They're doing outdoor activities. In right. being Ann Arbor, Michigan, they talked about how their unchurched person is uh, very well-educated, mm-hmm. and they're going to have more of a kind of a agnostic or atheistic view about God because they're very intellectual, and they right. think God is... Somehow anti-intellectual. Yeah. Of course, she's not. But right. um, they think they find faith in that way for whatever reason, and so they got to talk to that type of person because wow. yeah. they're in the, the shadow of University of Michigan. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I, I, what what this really does help you do is just it's a first of all it helps enculturate in your conversations and keep in mind the unchurched person because you know how often do we say well what would Tim think. Right. right.
2: All the time. All the time. All the time. What does Tim need to hear about this? What does Tim's wife need to hear about this? What do they want for their kids?
3: Right. So if you're in Portland, yeah. you say, what does Portland Pete need to hear about? You know, yeah. and we can talk about nature more and how God created the nature because you love nature. And, yeah. And Ann Arbor, Michigan, they can talk more about, um, well, let's make intellectual arguments for God and why it makes sense that there's, you know, the uncaused cause and the first mover and. Uh, read a lot of Tim Keller and mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis and, yeah. you know, use that and bring that in because mm-hmm. you, they're intellectual gut people. Uh, whereas, again, that might not work. And we're a pretty well-educated community, but, you know, quoting people is not something Father Michael does a lot because just, you know, we're business guy. I think it's more of a business environment here yes, in Timonium definitely. and not yeah. necessarily the an educational place. So the, those kind of things help color it and they're mm-hmm. helping you keep... A focus on that person because it's a, its just a shortcut. Yeah, uh, and every, it makes
2: your life a little bit easier if you know you—you have to know who you're talking to. You can't just say unchurched. I'm talking to the unchurched. <laughs> right. What do the unchurched need to know. But what
3: does the unchurched need to know right. in our community? It's
2: different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it
3: looks different in every single community. Mm-hmm. And so, in our field guide, we have some questions on this. We could, again, we could spend probably a whole podcast going through that. So, maybe that'll be a future one. Okay, great. Uh, and then we need to communicate it to our congregation. We talked about this earlier that. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you need to once you understand the unchurched person in your community, share that definition with yeah. the larger parish. People yeah, ask if us you. You want
2: the time. them to care about this person. You have to describe them to them too, and they'll know someone.
3: They'll know someone, or they'll yeah. even sometimes identify themselves as yeah, that person. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and and uh, people ask us all the time. Well, do you guys share this with the congregation, just inside, or like, no, we absolutely. Share it, mm-hmm. and it's not offensive to people. And the Tims are never offended.
2: No, never. They're <laughs> comforted by it, right? And which I don't quite understand <laughs> sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe I do. I mean, I think they feel like, oh, okay, I belong here. Right. This church is for me. They yeah. designed it for me.
3: I it seem I know it, it does seem strange, but people I think people love it. People love it. You thought about me. Yep. You understand my concerns. Mm-hmm. You understand my perspective. They I, get me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's.
2: And that's human nature. You want to be known and understood. Right. Everybody does. And so if the church can do that, who else? I mean, we should be doing it.
3: Right. And even if it's a negative thing about me, you know,
2: you call that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think people like that a little bit, too. They got my number. They know. And they're not offended
3: by that because they know they're not church people. I know I'm not. a. Yeah, I should be going there. Right. I know I'm not.
2: But they can also know that, too, sometimes, because if we know it, then we're living it, too. You know what I mean? It's not like we just read about them in the newspaper and, and we're saying <laughs> that we know them. Like, we know because we're Timonium Tim, too.
3: Right. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, and, I, and one of the guys... Many our, of us are. You know, Ed Bradley, who's here, is like, I read your description of Timonium Tim, and I'm like, that describes me, too. I'm, yeah. We're all and that's the thing about reaching a loss is understanding that we're all lost in some way, and we've all been lost, and we're still lost at times. Yeah. Not, none of absolutely. us are all there. Um, and then, yeah, we, so we, we, communicate that to your congregation, tell the church that's who we're trying to reach and then remind them often, you know, of, okay, again, who is the Tim in your life? Who is the unchurched person in your life you're trying right. to reach? Uh, and then we say another way to inculturate it is to create a weekend experience that is welcoming to outsiders. Um,
2: and what are some ways that we can do that? Well, and,
3: and just for one of the things I have in my notes here. First of all, is there's a wrong way of thinking, and I've, I heard Andy Stanley talk about this. And you know, I'll quote Andy Stanley. Tom
2: and I love Andy Stanley. <laughs> I'm with you on him. You can talk about him all you want.
3: But you know that, that, like, and I think in the evangelical church, there's a little bit more idea of evangelization. He talked yeah, about how sure. the, the old way, and I think this is the way mm-hmm. we think about as Catholics was. You guys go out there and evangelize. You make people Christians.
2: Right. Make and, them good. <laughs> and then they can come here.
3: And then they can come to church. And yeah. that's the exact wrong way to think of it. Right. It's not go out there. You make them Christians and bring them in. Yeah. No, you just get them here. Yeah. And then we'll, let's partner together right. to make them Christians.
2: And again, it's never about the numbers, but it is about getting them here to be moved by the music, the message the ministers right a yeah. community
3: of faith yeah. that we're calling them into you know I, so he, one of the best if you if you can go listen to the series called um, go fish by Annie and it's a six week series and the, my favorite one in that whole series is called fishing buddies or fishing partners i forget which one <laughs> it's fishing buddies fishing partners and again he just paints an incredible way how the church you know is all working together on a sunday on a weekend you know to to welcome people in the lot, to welcome people at the door and the, Mm -hmm. and the music sounds good and the, and the, the the preacher preaches well and, and all these things. And we are partnering together to create an irresistible environment, which people like, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and so ministries of hospitality, music that's, that is going to hit people who are in our community. That's going to be the unchurched person is going to want to listen to. That's excellent. We were just talking about that in our earlier and, and that, Again, a message, and we'll get to that in a second, that communicates the unchurched.
2: Yeah. My husband always makes fun of me when I say the word parking minister. He thinks that's a really funny word. And sometimes <laughs> we go to other events and there's people helping us park. Like we went to a, a Baltimore Blast, a soccer game recently, and there were guys in the parking lot. And I was like, oh, parking ministers. And he's like, I don't think they're called ministers here. <laughs> but we hear, we hear more about our parking ministers sometimes than we, you know, as, as much about them as we hear about the message. I
3: have a whole parking minister uh, story, but I Enough time to tell have time right now. Today. Um, but another thing is, so is we make sure we communicate that the unchurch is there. You know, uh, people um,
2: love this too. <laughs> Go ahead, so say something they about just that. love to to like in in a in a message where it's a challenging message. We often will give an out, like, hey, if you've only been coming for, you know, Andy Stanley is great at this too. If you've only been coming for a year or so, you know, if you if this is your first time, this doesn't really apply to you. You can just sit back and listen. You can relax, and so we sort of give people an out from being. Overchallenged, right. I guess. And and it relaxes them. Yeah, they or like so, that.
3: Or if there's something the gospel's like, you no, know, we didn't do it this Easter, but, you know, and he expelled demons. Right, right. right. And all right, we believe in demons, but Okay, the unchurched in our community probably doesn't. If you're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, they probably think the devil is a a weird thing to believe in.
2: Right. And even just
3: say, hey, hey, if you're not Christian, we understand. You think this is strange.
2: Yeah, it's kind of weird.
3: I, you know. Yeah. And maybe you have a little thing. Here's why we believe it. Or you don't have to believe that today. We're not. Right. Here's what I want you to understand and get from this, you know.
2: And you take a point that everybody can get on board with.
3: Right. Yeah. And it's just letting people come as as they want to. So also don't presume knowledge, you know, presume ignorance mm-hmm. again. And for preaching and teaching, this makes your life so much easier. Yeah. It gives you content.
2: Yeah. Tons. Cause
3: I can go back and explain, okay, yeah. you know, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, everyone knows that. No, not everybody knows that. Yeah. And in an increasingly world that where religion has a, is much more tenuous for people. Less and less people know that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my son Gus was like, "What's confirmation? What do we (laughs) do?" So uh, we go to confirmation, (laughs) and that's Tom's
2: son. That's my son. I'm
3: like, "It's a (laughs) sacrament." So he's like, "Well, I'm already Catholic." I'm like, "Well, you're." So anyway, it's just we're not (laughs) in that culture anymore. Cut out
2: with him next year. (laughs) You do, you do
3: actually. That's another story. But you know, we're just not in that world anymore. We're not in a world where all these things. At least I know I I knew as a kid because I went to Catholic school. Right, it was a complete soaked Catholic culture. Yeah we're just not in that world anymore. So don't presume, presume people's ignorance, not in an yeah. offending way, but just in a, Hey, let me tell yeah.
2: you. It's and okay def- to go back to the fundamentals once right. again.
3: And basic knowledge, define church terms. Don't use words like salvation and,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: um, you know, transubstantiation and you know, whatever. Or if you're due define yeah. them and let people know what they are. Right. Um, you know, give background knowledge to stories, again, about what's going on in the scriptures. Okay, here's what's going on. And Bi- Catholics don't know the Bible anyway, so you could, this is not just unchurched people, but, hey, here's what's going on in the nation of Israel at yeah. this time. Isaiah's writing at a time, you know, when...
2: Yep. The, I hear from a lot of people that love the, that part of it, the history, culture part, when we add that in there. A lot of people really like that.
3: Right. Even people, again, who go to church have never even heard it. Yeah, so, right. So, and that, and that goes back to, I think, really, you aim at the unchurched, you hit everybody in between, and it yeah. happens o- over and over again. Yeah. So, and
2: and it's unexpected that you would hit everybody in between. But all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back to wrap up this podcast about focusing on the unchurched.
1: The Rebuilt Parish Association provides resources and advice to help you rebuild your parish. Included in membership are resources for student programs, children's programs, and small group materials. Also included are homilies so that you can easily do message series that match the liturgical year. Father Brian Mason from St. Mary's Parish in Hales Corner, Wisconsin states, we based our homilies over several weeks on the Expect Miracles message series and never in 23 Three years of preaching, have I had so many people talking about the effects the homilies had on their lives. Go to RebuiltParishAssociation.com to learn more about how the Rebuilt Parish Association can give you the resources and content you need to rebuild your parish.
2: Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We are wrapping up our podcast on focusing on the unchurched. We said today that we the first thing that we need to do is create a culture with uh, leaders and staff about making it personal. We have to make it personal. Uh, Remember why we need Jesus personally. The next thing we want to do is define the unchurched person in the community. Give them them a definition. Give them a background and communicate that to the congregation. Share that definition with with everyone and remind them of who that is. They'll all know someone and want to invite someone or pray for someone who is that unchurched person in their life. Next, we want to create a weekend experience that is welcoming to outsiders. We want to make it easy for them to to come to our church, easy and and comfortable to to come. And then uh, next, we want to partner together to create an irresistible environment for these unchurched people, communicate as if the unchurched are there as well. And so we just talked about that in our last segment, that that just... Um, it means a ton, and you hit everybody in between if you communicate like someone who has never been to church is there. So um, those are some of the ways you can focus on the unchurched people. Tom, what can we work on to do yeah. that?
3: Well, I think kind of asking yourself to evaluate yourself on those. Where go through go through those and just look at how how does our church, especially in the weekend experience, I would say start there. Look at your masses. What is it like for someone who's not come to church to experience that and begin thinking about that um, event, the weekend masses, from their perspective as no one has ever been there before? And it'll begin to open your eyes about what needs to change.
2: Okay, great.
3: So, all right, let me pray for us. Uh in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. amen. Uh, Father, we, we thank you that while we were still sinners, while we were lost and far from you, that you sent your son to die for us. God, we pray that you would just freshly remind us of our need for your son. Uh, and God, help us have a heart for those who are far from you, who are lost. Make our churches that places that unchurched people want to attend. We make this prayer through Christ our
2: Lord. Amen.